Welcome to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. Magic Valley Bible Church has been serving the Magic Valley for 20 years and is located at the corner of Gooding and Main Street in downtown Twin Falls, Idaho. Our service starts at 9 a.m. and is streamed live on our YouTube channel. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible. Magic Valley Bible Church, built on God's Word. Take your Bibles and open them, like you say, to Psalm 23. And let, let me uh, read this psalm to us. As you well know, this is uh, the second part. And in light of time, and there will be a third part. Um, but we have a great psalm in six verses that has shepherded many souls throughout centuries. It's a psalm that, that speaks great comfort to the heart. It's a psalm that, that helps us understand all that, that God gives to his sheep. And of course, when tragedy hits and theology kicks in, we come to a, a psalm where we need some balm for the soul. And such is this psalm. It is, of course, a psalm of David, and it reads this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of, of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us pray. Father, we come to your holy inspired word, desiring to take off our, our shoes, knowing that we stand on holy ground here knowing that you have spoken through your shepherd boy. A shepherd boy who would become king and, and live life in such a way that his experiences are, are splattered throughout the inspired word. What's remarkable about the psalm, Lord, is David doesn't come with any pleas, any requests. He comes with a, a full assurance, knowing that his shepherd is with him. And so, Father, we come battered and torn sometimes. When life throws us a curveball, we come with a desire to, to understand. But more importantly, we come with the desire to rest in your arms, to be comforted, to be loved, 
And David rightly points to the character, your character that, that carries us through such storms of life. And so I pray, Lord, that you will teach us much. That spirit, you will continue to heal and grow us in the likeness of Christ. Be with your under-shepherd as he desires to expound on all your goodness so that we can be sheep most longing for the shepherd. We love you and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you were here last week, it was a very emotional service. In light of the many trials, the sting of death, and the trials we face and continue to face, this psalm continues to be a grace to our souls. As we noted last week, this psalm is for the living. It's a psalm of truth that, that never exhausts what it says. It never runs out of the kindness and the goodness of God and the comfort of God. It's a psalm on the character and the truth of Yahweh, our great shepherd, who provides for every hurting soul. So it's a psalm for us. When we think about life colliding with our theology, we come to the, the bare nakedness of our souls, to the reality of what is right and what is true. It's a psalm for those who are struggling today. And I pray that it gives you great hope. It's a psalm for those who have felt the sting of death and trying to pick up the pieces. It's a psalm of comfort. It's a psalm of hope and encouragement. As we noted last week, we really don't know the context of, of, of why David is writing this, but yet we can know and feel the impact of what it says that, that this is something that David experienced life in. He can identify with the great shepherd and he can knows with a, that shadow of doubt that the Lord is walking with him. All of this truth wrapped around our, our divine God who desires to be a shepherd of your soul. And so I pray that it has been something of, of use for you and that you're finding its riches to be something that has embraced your life. We have a, a shepherd who has great care and great compassion, great concern for those who are his. We look at the, the foundation and, and the importance of this. David, of course, is using a metaphor here in light of looking at Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, to his sheep, a metaphor that, that is smattered throughout of scriptures, 
understanding of even what under-shepherds do as a pastor and elder to the sheep and the flock and the church. This shepherd and sheep metaphor is, it sets forth more than an analogy of faith. I mean, we think about this and we, we delight in, in all that it is doing. But you know what I love about this psalm? It shares with us the heart of our Savior. It speaks about a deep intimacy that, that only belongs to Yahweh himself, that that is unfathomable in light of even our disobedience and unfaithfulness. It's a deep intimacy that impacts not only our understanding of our relationship with the Lord, but, but it plays out in everyday life. This psalm is what rushed to my soul in the midst of great tragedy. And as we noted last week, this psalm answers for us one of the greatest questions of life, whom can we trust? When everything seems to be breaking down around us, who is it that we have an anchor for our soul? It answers the question, to whom can we follow? To whom is our, our only hope? And we looked at the various Ways that people put their hope in, in money and power, prestige. But for David, his hope is resolved on one individual. He realizes there's only one whom he can trust. There is one to whom he can follow, who has all the wisdom and all the care and all the understanding. That one, of course, is Yahweh himself. And so it isn't any surprise that King David would turn his full attention uh, to the only one whom he can rest in, the only one he can trust, that being God himself. And beloved, when it comes to eternity, that's all we can trust. And I don't say that disparagingly. I say that with great hope and expectancy. I say that with the reality of the one who has created all things. He is the one that we can put our rest in, our trust in. Just to remind you, if you look at verse 1, it sets the stage of what will follow, and I want to get to those sufficiency here in just a second. But I want to remind you what he says in verse 1, that the Lord is my shepherd. You see the possessive nature of that. David knows that he has a relationship with God Almighty unlike anything else. He knows that it is God who has called him out as a shepherd boy to one day be the king of Israel. He knows it is that same God who, who put confidence in his soul to, to face the biggest giant in his life, that being Goliath. I mean, we can go on and on and look at the life of David, and we, we see total sufficiency of his love for Yahweh. And like I said, it's possessive. He says, my shepherd. It's okay to put all your eggs in one basket, especially if it's the Lord's. 
For we know, beloved, that, that trials, life, and its experience has a way of seasoning our, our Christian lives to a point of greater understanding. And so when he pins this, there's got to be something rushing through his mind, understanding the need and the want and his hope and his rest in Yahweh being his shepherd. It's in the, the heat of the refiner's fire where one is forged with the shaping of the Lord's hand and his care that we find a deeper appreciation for our relationship with God Almighty. And this is important. For we must understand that God reveals much of his greatest kindness and grace and compassion in times when we least understand. Did you hear that? God reveals much of his greatest grace and his greatest kindness and his greatest compassion in times when we least understand. You talk about a shepherd who, who carries your soul. In times of great loss. And so we hold steadfast in this truth. And we are assured in our souls that the great shepherd will care for our lives. Now, how about you? But when somebody walks with you in the shadow of the valley of death, there's a greater appreciation, isn't there? There's a greater love. David expounds on this. Like I said, he, he is pointing to the reality of the character of God. This is who he is. This is what he has done. This is what he will do. We know that the name Lord in all caps is, is resembling the, the, the covenant name of Yahweh, which is, is smattered throughout all of your scripture. It's a reminder of the reader to, to, to look to God's protection and, and his care, that he is going to be a redeemer. It's a name that points to the reality that Yahweh is a deliverer, a redeemer, and a savior. And for that matter, it is the elementary truth that ushers us into all the greatest truth that we need in this life and the life to come. That's why this psalm is so special to us. I mean, you think about this. The name Yahweh. The I Am. Who he told Moses to tell the people that, that here are my commandments. I am their God. You tell them Yahweh has sent you. It is Yahweh who led the people with the cloud of fire while they were in the wilderness. It was Yahweh who provided the manna and the quail. It was Yahweh who David bowed allegiance to when he stood up against Goliath. It is Yahweh, the Lord, whom David would say is my shepherd. We said much about that last week, but it resolves to an implication. Understanding all that God is, he simply says in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, and he comes to this conclusion, I shall not want. 
Or literally in the Hebrew, it's, I shall not lack. David finds complete satisfaction in the Lord. Nothing catches his eye when trials come, when issues are pressing against him, when all seems broken, what seems to be lost. He finds the Lord sufficient in his great care for his soul. It is one of, of cause and effect because Yahweh is my shepherd, I will never want. As long as Yahweh is my shepherd, I will never experience want. I mean, it's a great statement of truth that is tattooed on our souls in light of great despair in this world. I think it's important to understand, and when, when you look at this word want in the Hebrew, it's not a, a selfish want here. It's not that God is, is providing everything that your selfish little heart wants. What it is telling us, however, when, when life seems to crumble around you, when things do not seem stable, he says there's only one thing your soul needs, and he understands it to be Yahweh himself. Yahweh is my shepherd, and I will not lack in any of his care for me. Listen, the one who has the Lord, the one who owns all things, the Lord himself will have everything he needs. The Lord will supply for us whatever is good in itself and whatever would be good for us. His sheep will have everything. Listen, you will have everything he decides is good and perfect for your life. The main idea here is, is that the shepherd is never lacking. He's never deficient when it comes to caring for his sheep. That's David's point. And what follows, you, you can see it kind of unfold. They are five sufficiencies that, that, that point this out or points to this back to this truth. I mean, Psalm 23 can be one verse. It can be, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we can go home and rest in that truth. But oh, the color of what comes after that identifies, we can identify with David, who, by the way, writes this some 3,000 years ago, but yet it's just as pertinent for us today. These are five sufficiencies that we see the hand of God move in our life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Philip Keller, he writes a, a neat little book. I believe we have it in our bookstore. He says this about this truth of the Lord being our shepherd and we shall not want. And I quote him here. He says, I shall not lack the expert care. This is what he says David is saying. I shall not lack the expert care and management of my master. He is the owner who delights in his flock. 
For him, there is no greater reward, no deeper satisfaction than that of seeing his sheep contented, well-fed, safe, and flourishing under his care. This indeed, his very life. He gives all he has to it. He literally lays himself out for those who are his, end quote. Do you realize that the importance of that? When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're just not kind of like set aside. You are brought into the family, a body, where Christ is your shepherd, and we are his sheep. And he cares greatly about every aspect of your life. I mean, for him to go to the cross and die and demonstrate a love that is far beyond our thinking, he is saying that I want the best for you. I want my best for you. He is concerned about how you are living. He is concerned how you are being fed and how you need to be flourishing under his care. That's the joy of Christianity that, that no other religion understands. The intimacy, the closeness, the, the hope that, that the shepherd brings to his sheep. And you can even take a step further back and you can, can, can try to understand all this in, the sense, in such a way that, that why would he care for us? Right? Romans 5.8. Why we're still yet sinners, Christ dies for us. Why would he continue to care for us? It's wrapped up in who he is. A God who is, has a greater love than than we can ever experience or even give. And so to some degree, in looking at the psalm, we, it immediately attacks our hearts and it asks our souls, is the Lord sufficient for me? Let me ask you this question. Is the Lord, who demonstrates a love that's far beyond our comprehension by going to the cross and shedding his blood for us, is he sufficient for you? Knowing that truth, is he all you need? Is he your only desire? For those who, who know the Lord, do we understand the, His shepherding hand who desires to, to cause all things for good for those who love Him and trust Him? Can you echo David's words here and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall never want. Listen, that's what starts out the psalm. And if you're outside of that, if Yahweh is not your shepherd, you sit outside the greatest care that the shepherd can ever give to a sheep. Simply put, if you have not received Christ's grace, mercy, forgiveness, by turning from your sins and receiving His grace through faith, you're outside the greatest care that your soul deeply needs.
And I want to give you at least one of these before we, we head out of here. And the first sufficiency that our great shepherd provides is that he provides rest. Look at verse 2 with me. He says, he makes me lie down. I mean, this, I love that. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Again, this, the shepherd and the sheep metaphor, it, it explains the contentment of the Lord and the contentment of a sheep under his care. When we were studying this back in, can you get this, 2013? I noted that it's remarkable to think about this in verse 2, where, where the great shepherd allows his sheep to lay down. I drive this country roads. I don't hardly ever see sheep lie down. And I think I, I know the reason why. Why? Because sheep are very timid, fearful animals. Listen, a fly can, can fly by them and they're spooked, right? In Keller's book, A Shepherd Look at Psalm 23, like I say, it's in our bookstore. He says in that book, he says, it's almost impossible for sheep to lie down unless four requirements are met. They will not lie down unless these four requirements are met and they feel safe. They feel the most vulnerable. When they are out to the pasture, when they're out and about, yet they know their very substance of living needs to be out where there is water and where there's food. It is noted in that book that sheep are most vulnerable when they lie down instead of up on all fours. And so in order for them to settle, take a rest, he notes that their behavior, first and foremost, there must not be any friction within the flock. Now, you think about that for a moment. Sheep are most content when everything is going well. I mean, in Facebook land, everything's going well for the sheep, for them to lay down, right? It has to. The sheep must know that as a flock, that everything is okay, that there's no tension, no stress, no mishaps. Because only then do they feel safe. Like I said about the fly, they, they must be free from the attack of any parasite trying to, to disturb their, their being. And so the flies need to be shooed away. And then fourthly, I think we can all identify with this. It's not only until their stomachs are full and content will they decide it's time to rest. All those things must happen in order for them to feel content of lying down and be at rest or at peace. 
Now listen, you and I both know, if you've been around sheep, they are the most stupidest animals ever created on this earth. And I think there's a reason why. Sheep need a shepherd. For all these things to happen, for a sheep to, to lie down and to rest, to have their stomachs content, they need some type of outside influence to give them peace, to give them hope. And this is where the shepherd who the sheep's, sheep's, the sheep cares in. I mean, I, I look at this and I read these things and, and you study sheep and you try to understand exactly what this metaphor is trying to teach us. But what he's trying to say is this, that sheep are utterly re reliant upon, totally dependent upon the shepherd. Without his care in their life, there's no way that they are going to be at peace and that they are going to lie down and feel safe. And so what does a shepherd do? A good shepherd will make sure that all the worries are gone and that the sheep can finally take a pause and rest. Of course, there's much to be said about this. You, you think about Jesus identifying him as the good shepherd, this motif of, of what is happening in Psalm 23 and, and what Jesus identifies in, in John chapter 10. I mean, it comes together with this reality of the fact that, that he is the good shepherd who knows exactly what his sheep need in the time of greatest need. shepherd gives the assurance that everything is good, everything is well. He keeps on the hung guard. I mean, you think about it. Because sheep are, are so vulnerable to outside influences of life, they are the most to be attacked, the most vulnerable to be taken down, and they need a shepherd who, who takes watch. I mean, I, I think about this metaphor and how it plays out in our own souls. We have a God who never sleeps or slumbers. We have a God who, who always cares for his sheep. I think that what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus declared in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will not thirst. He says in John 14, 27, peace I would leave you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Listen, when you are in the care of the great shepherd of life, There's no worries. He gives you rest, knowing that you can lay your head at night, knowing that he's on guard. He makes me lie down in your pastor. Not only does he provide food for the weary, protection and understanding that they can find this. 
He leads them besides quiet waters. He gives them water for the soul. The two necessities of our, our, our existence. That was interesting to me, just to, to, to find ways. If you've ever been to Israel, often when we look at this, this metaphor and we see that he makes us lie down in green pastures, we think about the green fields across the way. If you've been to Israel, that's not the case. The shepherd has to lead the sheep where there is green pastures. And water? Scarce. He's got to go find the sufficiency of, of water to feed the whole flock. And so it's remarkable to think about this. It's not that he just wakes up, put on his cloak, and grabs his shepherd stuff, and he goes to work. This is something that he actively engages in the life of his sheep to make sure that all their needs are met. That's the kind of shepherd that we have. Our shepherd leads us to the best water flows that can protect us. He feeds us with the greenness of grass. Push back from verse 2, and I'm just amazed at the provision in the hand of God. No wonder David can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's four other sufficiencies, and Lord willing, we'll get them in two weeks. Okay? Well, what amazing shepherd. When we think about the Lord's table, when we think about the sacrifice, we think about all the atoning work of Christ that he's done for us, you must also remember that you have a shepherd who provides in all your necessities. He leads you to green pasture. He, he brings you to quiet waters that is safe and drinkable. Like I said earlier, if you're outside of Christ, you're not experiencing that. It's only within Yahweh's care can you experience that. It's tough for the pastor to kind of say amen and shut the door here, but I want you to see something real quickly. We'll get to it. I'll remind you of it. He goes through all these sufficiencies, and he looks at these things of all that the great shepherd does for his life. And the beautiful thing about it, look at verse 6. It says that it won't necessarily end in this life, but will carry on into eternity. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. So he sees it as sufficient for his life on this earth. But then he says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. These caring shepherd, this caring shepherd will be sufficient for this earthly life as well as the eternal life. So much so that David says, I'm going to sit at your table. 
and dwell with you forever. Eternity. The caring hand of the shepherd never ends. I don't know about you, but that gives me great hope. I don't know about you, it causes me to, to look at it in such a way that, come on, bear, stop being a disobedient sheep and obey. When you walk, walk through a psalm like this, it really just strips away everything in life and it, it makes you think, why wouldn't I want this? Why don't I desire just to sit there and allow the shepherd to minister to my soul? So stop being difficult and allow the shepherd to care for your soul the way he intends it to be. Amen? Lord, we do thank you for our morning this morning, this day, this life. You are walking us through much trial. You are giving us understanding and truth that gives us greater appreciation. I do ask that you forgive us of our complacency our selfishness, our own desires. May you continue to transform us into your likeness where we can see your hand and rejoice knowing that is the best place we need to be in the shepherd's care. We thank you for your provisions, for your love for us. May that never grow old on us. May it be something that we continue to hold on to. To be amazed, it causes us to praise, to cause us to express, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so we love you. And ask that you continue to faithfully walk as you have said you would walk with us each days of our life. Continue to extend your provision of your care and your love for us. He who has created us knows us best. And so we trust your sufficiency in all those matters knowing that your character is good and always right. And we long for the days to be launched into eternity where we will live with you forever. We pray these things in Jesus' wonderful name. The Jesus who is the shepherd of our souls. Pray in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org 
or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible.